0: John Ryan, with me, is the man, the legend, the handball ninja, ABA. What a game there! At two simultaneous semifinals coming down to the third set, both of them going into extra. You what? Where are you? One actually, sudden death, sun death, sun death. Yeah! Wow. uh, thoughts on this tournament. Thoughts on you got four teams so competitive with each other.
1: Yeah, uh, we knew it was going to be tough. You know, once we got into the crossover, you know the collective skill level of the sport has risen significantly since my first one in 2016. Uh, you know, the team that we just played, LA BHC, you know, like that's the the younger half of our national team pool. Um, a lot of guys that I've trained and mentored and you know, played with for several years, and it was a fun game. You know, you have shootouts always exciting to beach handball, especially when it goes into extra shooters. There's that element of suspense, and you know, made a couple plays, wow. didn't make the plays that I needed to, and you know, that was the difference.
0: It is such a razor thin wire between winning and losing. I mean, I just saw it. I mean, any any one of these four teams is worthy of making the final.
1: Yeah, but, you know, you, you got to put things together. Um, we didn't execute the game plan that we talked about in the first set. We ended up losing it by one. We won the second set pretty handily, but... Um, ultimately, we can put together a shootout, and you know, that's Beach handball. If you don't dominate a game, it goes to a shootout, and not to say that is a lottery, but you know, it's it's a little bit up in you know the the sands, sand gods, um, in, in that regard. So um, we, we have a third place game. We're gonna turn around, you know, take home a medal, and then uh, move forward towards Puerto Rico. Yeah.
0: So I was here 2019. Seems like a, a little bit bigger tournament than you know, this time seems more competitive uh, I see the sport growing in the u.s. I see it, I see it growing in uh
1: uh, you're pretty well-traveled. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, I mean, the, the growth of the sport's been exponential. You know, when we started in 2016, there are a lot of countries, France, Germany, that had traditional indoor handball powerhouses that just weren't investing in beach. And over the past several years, particularly with the inclusion of beach handball in the Youth Olympic Games, uh, there's been a huge youth movement. And there's a new generation of kids growing up playing beach handball since they were kids. And they're technically doing things that um, may be beyond even what the senior national team guys are doing who were primarily consisting of guys who transitioned into beach in the later 20s. That's like the current generation of guys, but there's this new generation coming up that grew up with beach handball as kids and, and they're super exciting to watch and you know, we hope to be in LA 2028. I uh, hope to be an exhibition uh, event uh, in Paris next year. I think we got the green light f- uh, for that, for the IHF, either before or after the games. And, you know, the, the game uh, is, is very attractive as you saw, very suspenseful, very spectator friendly and, uh, I just hope to be along for the ride and hopefully come 2028, you know, I'm donning the stars and stripes on the sand.
0: Well, you know, that's, that's, that's where I wanted to go. Maybe you, you know, I like to ask your ball questions. <laughs> yeah, like. sure. Um, and i am I'm an indoor guy, yeah. you know, the beach came too late when I thought it was beach. I tried playing regular beach yeah, out on the state. Yeah. Mika yeah many for sure. Years ago. Yeah. Um, but I, have warmed up to the game. You know what? I just saw there with two great semifinals, going either way, and I can tell that the level of play, even if I don't really, I'm not an expert on the sport, I can tell the level of play across the board is going up, and I, I can see it as an Olympic sport, but I'm, I'm concerned, I, I don't see the pathway for that to happen with the uh, restrictions that the International Olympic Committee has on uh games can't have more than 10,500 people. Yeah. How does how does beach handball overcome that
1: maximum athlete total quota? I, mean, I just have made it very clear that we don't want to reduce anything on the indoor handball side of things. Um, And stuff, you know, when you have that 10.5k cap to see what combinations of sports or disciplines get reduced just enough. Um, You know, one of the talks is if each were to be Olympic, it may have to be an eight-person squad as opposed to a 10-person squad. And they actually just tried that out at the European Olympic Games uh, that were held last month. And it's a little bit of a different dynamic with the game. You know, you need more versatile players because you don't have as many subs. Um, but it's the model that has been proposed. Should Beachamp will try to get inclusion just to try to help with minimizing the amount of total athletes that that add to that 10.5k. Eight, eight that's. Ah, that's the, let's go. That's the bare minimum, right? I mean, yeah, it's the bare minimum. Yeah. yeah, everybody is. Either playing just offense or playing just defense, right? Um, and so I think the the style of play lends itself a little bit less of specialization and a little bit more of versatility. Guys who can you know, play both directions uh, tend to be more valuable, the smaller the roster size versus when you have 10. Guys can really lock in on particular roles. Substitutes can lock in on particular roles. Uh, so interesting dynamic. I mean, we'll see ultimately how things go. So all... I'll step up the curveball a little All bit. Right. Okay, you're now a member
0: of the, the the board of directors, as the beach handball rep, athlete rep, and uh, I'm not, you know, I know that IHF doesn't want to forego indoor handball for beach handball, but I could make a business case that the United States. Maybe also Australia, if you want to think, 2032. Um, That business case-wise, support from the U.S. Olympic Committee-wise, support from L.A. 2028, because they have a big say in what sports and disciplines get on there. Do you think... That USA team handball should consider. I'm not saying they should do it, but should they investigate going going big with beach handball, saying we want to have beach handball at the 2028 Olympics because we think we can really grow that sport, we think we can be more competitive, and. Um, We could, you know, a big part of that would be, like, support from the Olympic Committee for our actual programs, because it's very medal-dependent. Because, quite frankly, I think if we were to put in an Auburn-style program for beach handball, I think we'd become a world power. So, kind of a long-winded question, but the question is, should it be investigated? Should it be considered as a possibility?
1: it doesn't hurt to consider anything as far as I'm concerned and my opinion is obviously biased but I'm definitely inclined to agree with you You know, if you think of your future medal potential uh, within the sport and you know, obviously you know, our guys uh, you know, they qualify for the Pan Am Games and we're hoping that they get to Paris and we're wishing them all the best especially considering that one of my beach national teammates Drew Donlin, is on that indoor side and will be competing at the Pan Am Games um, and, you know, on the women's side we obviously just had the faux pas that we had in Uruguay in and Uruguay. Um, but you know, you consider the fewer players on the court, you, know, you consider the the style of play and style of scoring. Any game that has. A smaller time tends to be more upset friendly um, you know with 60 minutes in indoor handball that tends to be more of a law of averages sport you may have an under underdog or undersided you know squad um, you know make a run here or there but over 60 minutes better teams generally win uh, on the beach handball side of things fit being two 10-minute sets it um, not take anything away from the guys at LABHC but I think our semifinal is a quintessential example of you know you win one set by one point and then the other set you know even if you get outplayed and then it goes to a shootout you can lose the collective average aggregate score and still win the game as a whole like you right, just witnessed in right. that semifinal. and i think that makes a metal potential for a, a smaller sided handball nation like the united states you mentioned australia australia made it to the quarterfinals of the annock world beach games and, and they, hey. on the indoor side haven't had much of a tradition they struggle to qualify out of asia Oceania, yeah, right? yeah I, it, you know me i'm an indoor guy yeah but
0: if i look at it just I tried step back from being an indoor guy and I look big picture. I look business case. I look meddling case. I I, and and maybe that would upset the IHF because they're an indoor sport. Maybe it would be some agreement that you wouldn't change funding for the IHF if you went from indoor to beach. Um, Um I think it should be, I think the question should be asked and answered.
1: Yeah, I mean, 100% I agree, and you know, our hopes, you know, when we started this and, you know, a little bit after our national team, our men's national team in 2016 played, we got the bid to host 2018 Pan Ams locally as well as the 2019 World Beach Games the inaugural one, and so we were hoping that being able to broadcast our team, who had just won the 2016 Pan American Championship and had already been competitive in a short amount of time on the global stage, uh, that the sport was attractive enough and, and worthy of, of Olympic attention and you know, a couple things didn't necessarily drive our way, um, kind of drop the ball at the little BJ's and then, you know, we made the effort to qualify for the, you know, the second edition in, in Bali, and just last-second political dealing and we end up losing our right to compete at that Um, but you know we'll keep pushing forward you know the the crew of guys that you see here are just guys who love the sport Um, and we're grateful to have had the opportunity to have traveled all over the world for it you know our our men's national team we've had the opportunity to qualify for six world tournaments in beach handball since we started this program in 2015 we've qualified for five we only missed out on the 2017 World Games in Poland we average three different countries a year and I think the guys that you see are guys who just appreciate the opportunity. Basically with no real funding support. Yeah, it's just been guys who have fallen in love with the game. When we started it was guys who had indoor experience like myself but the majority of the guys that play for us now have just gotten into beach handball independently of indoor handball um guys who just fallen in love with with the game with the culture i mean to be able to come out on a weekday or on a weekend and train and then hop into the pacific ocean after training it's it's really the lifestyle that has attracted a lot of these guys just to you know play for the love of the game and also the opportunity to be pioneers uh, for something in the country, you know, we don't know. You know, we, we say that there are no guarantees in beach Handball, uh As we saw with the cancellation of the inaugural beach games in Bali, um, and the guys know that. But the, you know, the guys just love the game. The guys love training together. Uh, the guys love competing all around the world. And you know wherever the game takes us, you know, we, we, we're happy to be along for the ride. Obviously, we hope that it takes us to the Olympics. But even if it doesn't, you know, we we played and you know, Antiqua Beach Games, World Games, you know, these different multi-sport international events that, you know, we have an athlete village and I imagine the vibe is very similar to what you have at the Olympics, maybe just a little less mainstream. So. Yeah.
0: Well, once again, I'll, I'll reiterate, I'm not saying it should be done or it must be done. I'm just saying the question should be asked. And, oh, that's uh, a starting point. That's a starting point. Well, I appreciate you taking a little time. Sorry you're not playing in the final, but that's a sign of growth of the sport that we got so many good teams here.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, did obviously these things to, to lose a game, but, you know, the, the squad I just faced, like, those are all guys that, you know, I mentored from the start of their career. Uh, you know, played with Bob Weiss, who made four saves in that shootout, including on me, uh, when I had the chance to win it. And so to see the guys that, um, you know, you, you, you trained and you mentored from when you know, they got invited into the national team pool and to see them ball out. You know, it's testament to, you know, what I've done is, as a coach, as a leader, as a mentor. Obviously, it sucks to lose and we're competitive guys. Um, but if you're losing to the guys that you, know, you taught how to beat you, you know, it's testament to at least what you're doing as a leader. So It, it <laughs> cushions the blow a little bit. A little bit. Not not a lot, but, uh, but a little bit. Well, all right, ABA, thanks for taking a little time. Yeah, for sure, John. And uh, we'll catch you later. Take care, John.